Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Roots 1977 and 2016 versions. discussing Roots 1977 Episode 1, creatively titled Part 1. <sighs> oh boy. Uh, might as well just get right into it. So, Roots as a series. I'm trying to find the way to best describe this, because it's like... It's the greatest paradox in all of television for me, because, academically speaking... It is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's incredible. Every single second of it is a masterpiece. It is phenomenal. It is so important. And it is just beautifully, beautifully done from beginning to end. But emotionally speaking, it is one of the hardest shows anyone will ever have to watch. Like, I... It is impossible for me to sit through this series without breaking on some level emotionally. Without breaking on some level inside. And that's by design. And it's as it should be. Like, if this show was any other way, it'd be awful. If this show tried to be anything other than the hardest thing you'd ever have to watch, it would be awful because then it would be watering down this horrific, horrific chapter in not just American, but human history. Not just black history, but human history. This is one of the greatest atrocities ever. In anyone's history. Like, in the entire history of the world. American slavery... There's no word to describe it. And it's heartbreaking once you realize... Oh shit! The country I live in, and the country I grew up in, and the country I've been raised to believe is just... This absolutely utopia and a place for the free did this shit a couple hundred years ago. Like, it's a really heartbreaking feeling to realize that happened. And seeing it portrayed here, like, without anything held back, just giving you the full force of the horrors of... The old slave trade. Of the old American slave trade. 
it's gut-wrenching. It really, really is. And they do it so, so beautifully. And this episode is the perfect first example of that. Uh, This is one of the most raw, visceral, powerful hour-and-a-halves of television ever. Full stop. It's incredible. Uh, And just to get some technical stuff about this series as a whole out of the way right at the beginning... Uh, performances across the board, incredible. Everyone in this show, and this this show has a bit of a rotating cast because it covers so many generations. Uh, so we're going to talk about actors coming in and out. But all of them. I'm just going to give blanket statement now. Everyone in this show is incredible. It's an amazing ensemble, and everyone is amazing. There's not a single weak link in this entire cast. Uh, I especially love LeVar Burton as Kunta Kinte. Uh, He stars in these first couple episodes as the younger Kunta Kinte. Uh, We will, at some point, get a different version of him years later, but for now, it's all LeVar Burton all the time. Uh, in fact, I believe this was actually his first major role. Yeah, it was, because he has, like, an introducing credit in this episode. So, this was LeVar Burton's, like, big mainstream debut, and he killed it. Oh my god, LeVar Burton, every second he's on screen, is just a force to be reckoned with. He's so... Perfect and powerful in this role. Like, it's one of the greatest performances in all of television, quite honestly. Uh, And visually, in terms of the filmmaking, in terms of the direction, in terms of the visuals. Look, this came out in the late 70s. Television, I think, was a decade or two off from really being taken seriously. And at least twice that away from the golden age we're living in now. So... They weren't operating on as many resources as television would have today. They weren't operating with as much power as television would have today. They are not... They are not on 2019 television's level. So because of all that, of course, it's going to feel cheap by 2019 standards. That's just unavoidable. In fact, I've said this before, I'll say it again. This version of Roots very much feels in a lot of ways like a stage play. Because in the 1970s, that's the best television could do. They didn't have the resources of films. uh, Because television was looked at as inferior, as inferior to film, until several decades later. Now, all that being said, once you take all that into account, damn, this show looks good. Damn, this show is so well made. Like, when you consider this is late 70s, television was not taken seriously yet, let alone the golden age... It's operating on limited resources. It has not as much to work with as shows in the modern age. Once you consider all that, the fact that they did this much 
in the late 70s on a broadcast network. Because this aired on ABC, by the way. Which you'd never see anything even remotely close to this on ABC today. But whatever. Like, just the fact that we got this in the 70s on ABC. It looks damn good for that time and that medium. It really, really does. It is so well-crafted. It is so hauntingly gorgeous in its cinematography, in its editing, uh, in its sets. Like, it is a really well-crafted show. And all of this just serves to make it more alluring, to bring you in more, so that when this show really starts to hit hard. You are there and you are invested. And some of that has to do with just how good this show looks for the era. Some of that has to do with the charisma of LeVar Burton and the role of Kunta Kinte. But a lot of it has to do with them taking about half this episode just to show Kunta's life before he got captured. And this is, I think, one of the great failures of the remake, which we'll get into uh, in about a week and a half. But, like, you need this. You need this first half of the episode to really get to know Kunta as a person, to really get invested in Kunta as a character. You need this first half of the episode to really empathize with him And show, this is a human being, uh, no different from you and me. He just lives in a different world at a different time, basically. Uh, That opening sequence with him being born and his father naming him is incredible. It is extraordinary. It is a brilliant, brilliant opening sequence. It's a brilliant introduction to this character. And then you cut to 15 years later... You see him as a teenager, Uh, you see him uh, tasked with guarding these goats, you see him going through manhood training, Uh, very eager to grow up, very eager to be a man, to be a Mandinka warrior. And all of that serves to help you understand. Even greater than before you watched it. That the people at the center of this, the people taken as slaves, they were people first. And Africans second. The motivations you see of Kunta in becoming a man, growing up, is not too different from a lot of impatient teenagers that you would see in modern day America. Just in a different set of circumstances. Uh, You see these teenage boys gossiping about what manhood training is like. Before they're taken away. And it's not different from how American teenagers in the modern day talk. Just under different circumstances. Like, all of this is important. All of this... Builds and builds and builds and builds and builds on Kunta's character. So you could really digest him as a person. So you could really understand him. And then, when he gets captured and taken away, it hits that 
much harder. And oh, oh my God. The scene where Kunta is captured, the scene where he is taken away, it is brilliant. And let me remind you, he's the one who initially discovered, oh shit, there's white men here. And he was told in his manhood training, never go alone, never go out at night. If you must go out alone or at night, uh, never go into the tall bushes. And all that. But of course, he had just returned from manhood training. Uh, His grandmother is like, hey, do something nice for your family. Uh, Just to let them know you're still centered. Just to let them know you still give a shit. Because he had just, uh, just told off his mother for telling him what to do. Because he's a man now. Again, not that... Not that different from how, like, rebellious teenagers... Uh, talk to their mothers, uh, when they're annoying them. Not that much different, uh, from how, uh, young men and young women would just brush off their families, cause like, I'm independent now. Not that different from how they would act in modern day America. Another building on that. Seriously, they... They draw those subtle parallels and sort of lay them out for you so brilliantly. Like, that first half, like, you need that. You need that first half. A lot of people would say, like, Oh, it's happening too slowly. Just get into the slavery stuff. That's what we're here for. Uh." Like, no. That first half gets cut out. The show's immediately worse. Just gonna say that right now. But anyway. He's just gotten back from manhood training. He's like, oh, I'm gonna... I'm going to build a drum for my little brother, and I'm going to find a log to make such a drum. And in his excitement to sort of get into this, he basically forgets everything he was told, every precaution against the white man, and goes out on his own to get a log, and goes into tall bushes, goes into tall weeds, and immediately gets attacked by... A white man and uh, the Africans who are helping him for their own personal gain. And what you get is this exhilarating ambush sequence, this exhilarating chase. And just when you think, maybe he has a chance, maybe he can get back, maybe he can get away from these people and live his life the way he wants to. He gets cornered, and they put chains on him. And watching him try to struggle, watching him try to break out of these chains, and they elongate it. They dwell on this for a while. They dwell on this for, like, a minute or two. Like, just showing you these slow-motion shots, uh, these fades of Kunta desperately trying to break free of these chains and then eventually see him like slowly collapse because he starts to realize how futile these efforts are your heart just sinks 
And then they just lead him away. Whipping him to stay in place and line. Is carried off with all these other... Africans, all these other human beings who are chained up and are about to be carted away from everything they know and love into this unknown land where they will be sold and their entire lives will be taken away from them. Put in cages like animals. And to see, uh, to understand just how perverse this problem was. It's not just Kunta. Kunta's not the only familiar face we see in these cages. Uh, We see the wrestler in a cage opposite him. Uh, We see Fanta, uh, this woman he met earlier, being brought in. And I love this interaction between Kunta and Fanta. Where Fanta's like, my father will come and get us. You've met him. He's a great warrior. He's a great man. And then Kunta's like, are you sure? Were there a lot of men that were there? Did he call out when he did? Did he call out your name? Or just call out? And then Fanta sort of realizing what this means. She just says... He just called out. And like as she's saying it. You understand. That she understands. Like. He was taken too. He was taken or killed. But. He's not coming for them. Either way. He's out of commission. They're on their own. And then you get on that ship. And you see how tightly packed these people are. You see the conditions they're in. They're basically like below decks. Being packed tightly together like cargo. Like inanimate objects. Chained together. Sitting on just like a slab on top of one another, packed in like sardines. And that's not even. That's loose packing, according to this asshole first officer, uh, Slater. According to him, that's freaking loose packing. They could have put in more if they like put them on their sides and then more would have died. Like, oh. Oh, God. My heart is breaking just thinking about it. It really, really is. Like, it's just... It's horrific, horrific imagery. And again, do not hold back. They do not hold back at all in showing this. Like, they are very comfortable giving you the full weight of, yeah, this is how slaves were transported from Africa to America. This is what the Americans of the day put them through as they were carting them over to sell their lives away. 
Uh, you see people, like, throw up on themselves. You see them completely lose hope. You see them cry out desperately with no one listening. And it's horrible. It's one of the worst things you could ever witness. And they convey it so beautifully. They convey it so perfectly. They convey it with just the right amount of pain. And get ready for a lot of that, by the way. If you haven't seen this show before and you're watching along with me. Get ready for a lot of that. As we discuss this show. Because, holy shit. This is very much indicative of what the entire show is. But... They're on this ship. They're packed in like sardines. Uh, Kunta slowly losing hope. Realizing that there's no way out. Uh, in that <coughs> Sorry. Uh, my, uh, my throat decided to try and kill me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, in that scene when they go above decks. And he's like, when they let me out of here, I'll jump off and swim to the riverbank. And then he realizes, oh shit, there is no riverbank. There's no river. There's no earth. The earth is gone. And he literally says the earth is gone. Because as far as he knows, Africa is the entire world. As far as he knows, like, that's just his planet and nothing else. Because Africa didn't have, like, the explorers of Europe. They didn't have that. That just wasn't their culture. So he doesn't know. So he's carted off to a land he doesn't understand. And he's just like horrified beyond belief. A feeling I can't even imagine. So. We slowly see him lose hope. And the wrestler is trying to keep his spirits up. Like hey, 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 hey. Like, we can make a plan. We can kill the white men. And for a while, Kunta doesn't really believe that. And by the way, before we even go any further on this thread, uh, that whole above decks scene, where you just see these people uh, just herded onto the decks. And they're just stumbling along. Literally stumbling, uh, squinting and covering their eyes because the sun's so bright because they've been held up in, like, complete darkness for all this time. Uh, with wounds across their entire bodies. Uh, the captain asks the first officer to clean them. And their definition of cleaning is just throw a bucket of ice-cold water on them at high velocity onto the people who have wounds across their entire bodies. So, of course, um, cold water plus thrown at high velocity very violently, plus they have wounds everywhere equals searing pain. 
as you see. And you're going to hear me say this a lot. I'm sorry for the repetition in advance, but it is heartbreaking. It is just a devastating, devastating image. And then they make them dance, quote-unquote. To keep them in condition, quote-unquote. I'm going to get off of this before I get angry. I'm going to get off of this before I start yelling into the microphone. Uh, It's horrifying. It really, really is. And then they go down, and eventually the wrestler is able to convince Kunta, we can make a plan. It is possible. We can get out of here and kill the white men. It is 100% possible. Like, we could get out of here. We could go home. We could figure this out. And they form this plan. Uh, They get people of different tribes talking to one another. uh, Learning each other's languages. And that's where the show ends. Uh, The wrestler and Kunta proclaiming that they will make a plan. They will get out. We will live. And that's when it cuts to credits. Now, I want to at the very end here sort of talk about the white men holding them captive. Uh, Because while they deservedly should be touched upon as a footnote, because fuck those guys, there's some interesting stuff. There's some stuff worth mentioning uh, in those characters. Because this episode starts, uh, this captain, who regrettably has my name, And I hate him for it. Uh, He is uncomfortable, visibly, with the whole slave trade. Uh, He starts this episode not being a total piece of shit. And then slowly throughout the entire episode, he engages in this practice of just turn away, let everyone else deal with it, then clearly it won't be there. He adapts this practice of, well, I'm not doing it. I'm just captain of the ship that is doing it. He kind of divorces himself from it. Rather than stand up and say, this is wrong, we can't do this, he adapts a la 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 can't hear you, can't hear you, can't hear you, can't hear you policy. And yeah, he voices some concerns with his first officer Slater, uh, who counters them all in vulgar, anger-inducing ways. Like, just saying, just spouting BS, uh, saying that they're savages, they're, they, they stink, they're cannibals. Okay, in order. Just because you don't understand their culture doesn't mean they're savages. Maybe they stink because of the conditions you keep them in, uh, where they're pissing, shitting, and vomiting all over themselves. No. Just no. That's not... No. No, no. No, 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 no. No. No, no. No, no. 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 And he 
just he justifies himself. He just says like, "Oh, we're better off taking them. They're better off taking them to a to a Christian land. We're performing a service, taking them to a Christian land, removing them from their savage roots." And also we can own them, and also we're making money off of human beings. Uh, taking them to a Christian land. So pissed. <laughs> I am so unbelievably pissed. Every second this dude opens his mouth, I just want to punch him in the face. Now, there's a philosophical discussion to be had around the captain. He is a quote-unquote good person, at least he thinks of himself that way, who goes on this slave voyage, but doesn't take an active part in it. Uh, In fact, he actively refuses to get mucked up in the details. Like he actively puts the onus on someone else and says like, look, you're more comfortable in this. You're a piece of shit. Just deal with that. I'll go over here and uh, drink and uh, uh, generally feel bad that the thing I'm complicit in is happening. That the thing I'm allowing to happen is happening. And I'm not gonna, you know... Do anything about it. But I'm a good person. I'm a Christian man. Uh, so you're a Christian man. Uh, hope you like hell, because that's where you're going. Uh, the philosophical lesson, uh, the philosophical question, rather, here is, is this man still a good person? The answer for me, and I imagine 99% of the population, would be... Fuck no. (laughs) He is absolutely not a good person anymore. Uh, He has tainted himself. Uh, He has engaged in a horrible, horrible practice. He let it happen. Uh, No matter how much he wants to justify himself, no matter how many asterisks he wants to put on, still terrible. Still awful, awful, awful human. So there's that. And just to watch him sort of slowly realize throughout the course of this episode that he is a piece of shit. It is a fascinating turn. It is a fascinating understated arc. But of course, it is nothing compared to Kunta Kinte's story. So I will leave that as the footnote that it should be. And say, uh, holy shit. So that's the first part of Kunta Kinte's story. There's more. There's seven episodes more worth of this tragedy. Worth of this anger-inducing, heartbreaking stuff. And we will talk about it all in painful... Painful detail. Uh, probably not a good idea for me to transition from this to my plugs. In fact, quite honestly, 
there's part of me that's thinking of just not doing plugs throughout any of Roots. Uh, just waiting till the finale of of the original and the finale of the remake. And those being the only two episodes in all of my Roots discussion that I do uh, closing plugs on. I might do that. We'll see. Because, spoiler alert, none of these episodes are going to have a happy ending. <laughs> none of the episodes in the middle of the show are going to have a happy ending. So, yeah, not exactly the right place for self-promotion, so I'm just going to leave you uh, by saying tomorrow I will be discussing Roots 1977, Episode 2. Talk to you then.